Welcome to the internet, live from the Marriott Library at the University of Utah. This is the Redline Podcast. I'm your host, Sophia, quote, streetcar disliker, unquote, Dunstan, and these are my co-hosts. Kyle, quote, um, streetcar and a light rail corridor enjoyer, close quote, Holland, and... Alex, quote, wish we had a streetcar, close quote, fielder. <laughs> Today we're talking about the longest light rail system in the United States, the Dallas Area Rapid Transit System. Which I must say is an incredibly blatant ripoff of BART. Yeah, and they didn't even rip off the technology, too. <laughs> they should have done that. Yeah, they should have. Would have been better than what they have. So we've, we've got BART, we've got WMATA, and we've got... What's the third one that's on the BART tech? Maryland? It's not on the BART tech, but it's like of the BART era. You mean MARTA? Oh, yeah, MARTA. Uh, so we've got those three. Um, why don't we have, like... Five, ten more period-appropriate metros built off of the same sort of technology and grade separation. Because like instead of reelecting, names. because instead of reelecting Jimmy Carter, we elected Ronald Reagan. Oh yeah. <laughs> Anyways, Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Dallas. We'll talk about the Metroplex's delightfully extensive and incredibly strange light rail system. Oh, no, not light rail, just rail. Whoa! Yeah, they have more than one <laughs> mode of rail transit, if you believe it. Yeah, I, I can't. No, I can't that. actually. Um, but it could become the nation's finest, and we'll talk about that after the news. Do 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 do. Uh, Alex, you do the news today. I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Valley Metro's Northwest Phase Two extension is now open. Covering three new stations, including the system's first ever elevated stop, this extension is expected to help bridge the gap over the spooling I-17. Congrats to Phoenix on this huge step, and here's to many more. We almost went to this, and then we didn't. Yeah, it's cool, though. Um, I forgot that it was uh, going over an interstate. That's always good. Yeah, it's um, the second transit-only bridge on the system, which is cool. Oh, cool. Did they put a bike path on it, too, or just the rail bridge? I can look on Google Maps if you want. That would about do it, actually, yeah. Because yeah. it's 50-50 with these things. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to take a sec. Next step, blow up I-17. Next step... <laughs> I'm, I'm not... Um, I'm censoring you because we you like people from Phoenix on this podcast. Yeah, one of my best internet friends is from Phoenix. Uh, looks like it's a train-only bridge because it literally goes directly into the station. Yeah, fair enough. Hmm. So. Go they did us. my beloved side running, though, instead of median running. Look at that. Isn't that beautiful? Bloody finally. <laughs> so anyway, next news item, please. Pennsylvania Governor Josh Shapiro is finally stepping up to give SEPTA and other Commonwealth Transit authorities a hand, proving once again that uh, bullying your public officials works. <laughs> the, <laughs> uh, the governor's new budget allocates $282 million per year to fund Pennsylvania's transit authorities, including SEPTA and Pittsburgh PRT. Um, and represents the first time in decades that the Commonwealth has upped its commitment to funding transit. SEPTA believes that th with this funding, they'll be able to slate off several planned service cuts, which is good news to all Philadelphians. Uh, hefty kudos to all the advocates and our boy Josh for making this happen. I love how a success for SEPTA is defined as not a failure. <laughs> 
Well, look, it's the Society for the Elimination of Passenger Trains in America, as we have often stated on this podcast. So you can't really blame them for trying to do their job of eliminating passenger trains in America. <laughs> this, this is true. This is true. So at least they aren't tearing down their trolley buses like certain other Northeastern transit agencies. Thanks, SEPTA, for, not tr- for trying and not eliminating all passenger trains immediately. Well, it's like SEPTA's motto, right? It's like, I think their motto is, we're getting there. <laughs> oh, right, yeah. <laughs> Eventually. <laughs> Which is, like, extremely appropriate for SEPTA. <laughs> this gives me hope that uh, bullying my government officials will yield change. Yeah, hear this, everyone. Go steal your government officials' lunch money until they build you transit. All right, sounds good. Their lunch money being the, the, the government credit card. Correct. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to use just the government just has this real big, like, you know, you know those giant checks that they give you, like, when you win <laughs> stuff? Yeah. Right. In the back pocket of the Statue of Liberty, if you go up to it, there's just, like, a really big piece of plastic, like, that size that's the government's credit card. And you have <laughs> to, like, take it into Winco and comically buy S70 vehicles. <laughs> <laughs> Checks out. I hope they get good. I hope they get good airline miles whenever they do that, <laughs> so we can continue lighting the climate. Given on that fire. the federal government runs the largest airline on the planet, I think they could have their own rewards program. They don't need a rewards program. They can just be like, "Hey, military, take me somewhere." Oh, okay, fine. Um, third, more sinister news item of the week is sinister. <laughs> I know, right? Is um, Brightline West ran into another barrier? Oh, um, I forgot about. Not this that. week. This has been ongoing since last December. Um, but the everybody involved in the Brightline project, the company, contractors, Nevada Department of Transportation, whatever, put together a, a request that very, very, very specific Buy America requirements be waived for the project. Because, you know, they're making high-speed trains that go up to 186 miles an hour. We've never built those sorts of train sets in this country before. So, you know, Siemens, one of the, pro- one of the two candidate suppliers, was like, hey, uh, we'll build two of the trains in Germany. We'll bring all the American staff to Germany. They'll have an absolute blast, and they will learn how to make the trains, and we'll get all the policies and procedures sorted. And then we'll make the rest in America, and they'll import like the car shells and a couple other components. Um, Alstom wants to build on the existing Avalia Liberty. Oh yeah, which technology. has gone so well for the other time they tried to use it, and definitely hasn't been delayed getting into service by like two years already. And they want to do all of their trains domestically. I think with the car shells or something, some some other components overseas. Maybe they're a bit overconfident. But anyways, very, very limited waiver. Um, still 95 plus percent of money on the project would be going to American stuff in the spirit of Buy America. Um, but this has been in an FRA public comment period um, since late December for about a month. And uh, Alan Fisher put out a video about how this is an issue. And if um, this waiver gets blocked by the FRA, then Brightline West is not going to happen for another several years, if at all. So there was actually a pretty impressive last-minute pull-together of all the uh, online urbanists putting in comments and letters and whatnot on the FRA submissions form to uh, counteract some of the points. Bullying your public officials, if you will. Pretty much, and to counteract some of the points made by um, various American companies who would theoretically stand to make slightly more money in the short term if the waiver was blocked. 
Or they could like I don't yeah, know develop I, I don't internationally competitive practices. Crazy. Yeah, I, I don't quite understand it. I feel like um, if they're gonna block something like that, um, they should think more holistically because I think they're not thinking long term at all. Well, e- even short term, it would benefit the economy so greatly to have the train a couple years closer than oh, uh, certainly out if it was blocked. I think they need to think more about what's good overall, not just what's I good in that one specific case of manufacturing. Yeah, I hope the I hope the FRA is able to see the big picture, and I certainly think all the comments everybody got in will help. Um, yeah, I, I hope so. The problem is each individual manufacturer only sees their little short-term profits box, and it's like <laughs> we we will be manufacturing more stuff if the government makes it be made domestically, and they don't even see the long-term scaling up of the rail manufacturing industry as a factor. Well, that that exemption is perfectly reasonable, I think. To train American workers and pay American workers overseas to... I, it, it just doesn't make sense to block it, unless you just hate trains, but I guess they do. No, it doesn't, but um, fingers crossed, and I don't know how many other barriers that we haven't heard, caught wind of yet, are uh, keeping <laughs> Brightline West on the table, but hopefully once those are all cleared, they will start digging I don't know that this by the Olympics thing is happening anymore, but we'll see. It could happen. It could happen. Just four years. True. It's a long time. Mm-hmm. That is a long time. Yeah, four years. A presidential term, if you will. LA built a commuter rail line in like a month one time. <laughs> I'm assuming with existing rail. <laughs> yeah, they'll just dig up the old um, inner urban rail in the median of I-15 that definitely exists. Okay, Kyle. Uh, Alex, <laughs> why don't you start the actual episode? <laughs> do, 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 do. So this brings us to the show. Um, we're talking Woo. about the Dallas-Fort Worth um, area, sometimes called the DFW. Um, it's the United States' fourth largest metro area for now, um, which encompasses nearly 8 million people. Yeah, I would say for now because... Once the Civil War, which Texas secedes in, happens, then it won't be in the U.S. anymore, clearly. (laughs) Mm. Uh, So Texas meta aside. Um, Somewhat surprisingly, given Texas's reputation for massive, unmitigated spool, it has one of the largest rail systems in the country with 93 miles of light rail and 82 miles of commuter slash regional rail and two separate streetcar lines. Um, I guess the question is, how did this come to be, and uh, where should Dallas be going next? Now, that's a reasonable question to ask to kick off What is Dallas? Screw you. (laughs) Um, So (laughs) good for Dallas-Fort Worth, but this doesn't feel like that much rail for 8 million people in the grand scheme of things. Well, look, it is like the size of one Long Island Railroad line, but and the ridership of the Hudson Bergen Light Rail, but you know... It's fine. You, you have America. to think about it being Texas. So even yeah, that's even a true. little rail is a lot of rail because everything's bigger in Texas. So. Oh right, yeah, I forgot about the Texas factor. Yeah. Well, that's why it's yeah. the longest light rail system in the world. <laughs> Not the longest yeah, light e- rail line. That's in LA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, e- even if they don't like something, they're gonna supersize it. So. 
True. So 93 miles is more like three or 400 miles, right? It's like toilet paper. We'll get into it. Well, like all American cities, Dallas and Fort Worth started off as streetcar towns. The Dallas Terminal and Railway Company had more than 300 streetcars operating on 200 miles of track in the 1920s, which is ridiculous. And is also more track than they have now. Correct. Or is that track miles or route miles? Great. Well, if we're just comparing that to the light rail, not the regional stuff, that is still more than they have right now. Oh, it's still more if you include the regional stuff. Well, not if it's... Um, <laughs> and when you count Fort Worth's uh, 40 miles of streetcars that they also had at the same time. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. yeah. That, that's, um, that's a lot. I, I didn't even know that. But, um, the automobile came for Texan cities pretty quick and uh, a lot harder than most other cities. And by 1956, Dallas and Fort Worth streetcars had breathed their last. Fort Worth streetcars were actually discontinued in 1938. That's early. That is quite early, even for a smaller city like Fort Worth. But Woo, car. Yeah. Car, normally, good. Normally, back. don't you get a little resurgence during World War Two? Yeah. On these, uh, these lines. That's what normally happens. That always happens. It's like, oh, it almost saved the streetcars, and then it didn't. Yeah. Except Muni. <laughs> <laughs> Go Muni. Well, Muni's the exception. Port cities for the win. True. Well, following the death of the streetcars, the city of Dallas operated uh, the Dallas Transit System from 1964 until 1983 when DART was formed as a regional transit authority. I'm impressed that they picked regular, like, normal, sane, comprehensible names the first time for what both What do you mean, agencies. not the Kikimata? <laughs> no, not the Kikimata. Or the Wamada, or the Nikita, the New York City Transit Authority. Not Hugh Trans. Nikita. Hugh, Hugh Tran. <laughs> Hugh Tran, not Hugh oh, Trans. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You're just thinking about HRT. Not HRT. Yep. The, the woke agenda is coming for Texas, too. <laughs> I joining the war on the woke mind virus on the side of the woke <laughs> mind virus. Um, well, Fort Worth would hang on to privately operated transit until the 1970s when the city would buy it out from the T. Yes, uh, Boston and San Francisco rip-offs. Rip yeah, so, like, right, DART is clearly a BART ripoff, which is in San Francisco, and then calling it the T is clearly a Boston ripoff, because... So, anyway, what's yeah, the, like, basically Texas just steals everything from people. What's the name of, like, what's the etymology of the name T? Like, how, do, how did they arrive I at this name? I think it was, like, transit, T for transit. Oh, yeah, I guess I don't know. And so then they stick the T up on a pole, and it's like, transit, look. I'm not sure I know or care if that's true, but it... Seems re- it seems, seems about right. I'm not going to look it up, but... Me neither. This is our new headcanon. <laughs> I know that in um, in Sweden, they have their Stockholm's metro system is also called the T, but that's because, like, in Swedish, is subway is like Tunnelbanen or something like that. <laughs> of so. course it is. Of flipping course it is. Well, um, it's now known as Trinity Metro, so it's a bit more unique now. Um, what, why is it Trinity? Do you know? I'm going to look that up. They made the T longer? Because God, that's why. No. Oh. Um, oh. 
No, that's not the real reason I was thinking that. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is the Real Wise podcast once again. It's completely oh, believable. Um, oh, okay. So the river that runs through Fort Worth is called the Trinity River, which is named after God. So. <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> okay. Not much of a lie then. Yeah, weak sauce. Modest, right, right, modest right. misinformation on the Redline podcast today. This is not the modest misinformation podcast. <laughs> no, you're right. This is the real elections podcast. <laughs> oh, you're one of those backronym people now. That's a cancelable offense. Hey, you've seen the slurm acronym. <laughs> <sighs> I'll accept that, but only to keep it from spelling like slur or slum. <laughs> well... In the beginning, um, Dart dreamed big, just like all other transit providers, planning <laughs> 160 miles of commuter rail to span the already vast and even larger now Metroplex. That's nice. Uh, this was later uh, clawed back to 93 miles of the Dart we have today. And they also decided to do light rail instead of <laughs> instead oh, of instead yeah. What of were they originally rail, planning for the commuter technology? rail? Electric or diesel? No diesel. Which probably yeah. would have still been better. Faster at least. Great. I, it, it's a real problem for me now. Whenever I see the word rail, for some reason I have the urge to say light rail. <laughs> and that's Are a habit I really need to get away from. Are you just an American transit planner on the inside? I think I'm apparently, yeah. I think it might be (laughs) indicative of a more serious issue. Somebody (laughs) should pay you for this crap. America brain. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So construction on the first art line, which is now the blue and red lines, began in 1993 and wrapped up in 96, with the first two lines opening to the public later that year. Because there's so much to cover here, we're going to do this rapid-fire style, and um, I have to admit this time that I could not have like, formulated this without uh, Vanishing Underground because there is just so many lines that have all opened in the past 20 years, basically. Okay, so it all started out in, well, after that, so later in 1996, what's known as the Trinity Railway Express, which is a commuter rail line that runs between downtown Uh, Dallas and downtown Fort Worth, very good alignment, uh, began operation on its initial segment, running two stations west from downtown Dallas. Didn't make it to Fort Worth quite yet. In 1997, the red line is extended two stops further to the north, and the blue line is extended further to the south to Ledbetter, which is the current southernmost point of the line. Woo. Yeah, no comments. All right. Um. In 2000, TRE got extended further towards Fort Worth, still didn't make it, and City Place Station is built on the red and blue lines. City Place is, to date, the only subway station on the network and quite deep at 120 feet below ground. It's no Washington Park Max, but pretty impressive still. So why is that one underground? Does it just go through like a mountain tunnel? So there are no mountains, but there's this really big freeway, right? Oh boy. And it's so big (laughs) that they had to build a subway under it (laughs) (laughs) for the because the train runs along it, but there was no space left on the right-of-way. Of and course. they didn't want to destroy anything next to it for we a train. And we couldn't possibly make the freeway slightly narrower. No. And so they build this subway under the freeway. Oh, God. And then they put a station under it. And actually, <laughs> Dallas has another lost subway station because there was supposed to be a second one. Um, an infill station was planned and partially built between City Place Uptown, which is the modern name for City Place, and SMU Mockingbird Station, also in the subway tunnel. 
It was scrapped in the 2000s due to community opposition and budget overruns because DART thought it would cost $100 million to finish, but remains partially built to this day. Spooky. So if you go through the tunnel, you can see it. Hmm. Decent plan. I, I was going to mention how strange these station names are, but I guess the Green Line has electric station station, so... It is a little funky. I don't know why you would name an SMU Mockingbird instead of just like Southern Methodist University Station or whatever, but... I don't know. Maybe they have just been a bit more quirky, a bit more old-fashioned. I think they just like corporate sponsorship. Oh, smart. Hmm. So... Street running downtown, subway under the freeway. You gotta put the subway <laughs> under the important stuff. You don't disrupt it. This is it. true. Um, why doesn't it just share a lane with the cars on the freeway? Too slow. <sighs> and you can't run a light rail vehicle at 55 in that kind of track. You have to have ballasted track for that speed. Ah. Uh, that's not true. No, but it's a bad idea, and you know it. Yeah, which is why it's funny. Okay, fair enough. Uh, in 2001, TRE finally reached Fort Worth, connecting the downtowns of the Metroplexes to largest cities, and the Blue Line gets another spur extension to the northeast. Uh, in 2002, the red and blue lines get extended further to the north and east, respectively, again. Uh, DART was quite incremental in their build-out, uh, but this was the extension that took the red line to its cur current northmost point. This development really is quite incremental. They really like to, like, do, like, three, four stations at a time. Honestly, just if, over and over if and over you can again. sustain that in a cost-effective way, that's a pretty good way to keep your uh, construction mechanisms greased and moving. Um, but then they took a long break. Uh-oh. And in 2009, the Green Line finally opened, running from Victory, which is a, the, the first TRE stop out of downtown towards Fort Worth is called Victory because Texas had a revolution. Hey, did you know Texas had a revolution and fought the Mexicans? <laughs> hey, did you know that Texas was an independent country for two years and then joined the slavery country? Hey, Texas. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Um, Texas. Texas. It beggar in it, it, anyway. No more Texas mocking here. <laughs> Cap. Cap. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it runs to the northeastern portions of the city and shares the downtown section with the red and blue lines. Then in 2010, the current green line was completed with 15 more stations, both north and south of the previous alignment. Cool. This is the first like non-incremental build-out they ever did. Was just like, hey, 15 blue line green line stations. Here we go. Nothing wrong with that. That's really fast. Oh, great. Now we get a New York ripoff. <laughs> yes. This is this <laughs> low blow. This is cheap. Uh, so in 2011, the DCTA A-Train, which is a DMU commuter rail, uh, frequent dishonorable mention on this yeah, podcast. Yeah, it's one that gets like two riders. Cause 800. Because it, it goes from nowhere to the end of a really long dart line. Yes. Well, not nowhere. It goes from somewhere to the end of a really long dart line. It goes from pretty insignificant exurb that happens to have decent urban fabric to a completely insignificant exurb with a dart station. And for some reason we so it's really really just another Bay Area ripoff. Except Yes, useless. this is this is the Ebart of This is Ebart dart. if it was useless. <laughs> More similarities between these two. Um yeah, it runs from the northern end of the Green Line, although not the very northern end, the second to last station on the Green Line on the north end, ah. to downtown Denton, which is sort of an exurb. It's like an exurb in the way that Logan is an exurb, right? Okay. And that there are theoretically people commuting from there to the city. 
But most. But it's a just, really freaking long ways away. But most people just live there or make do somewhere else. Yeah, well, and it's a university town too, so it's like well, actually quite a salient comparison. Um. Bro, this is like if you built a um, a surface level DMU the long way out of Logan, the northern flatway, <laughs> all the way back down, and then um, and then it stops at like Brigham City. <laughs> yeah, and then you can get on the bus <laughs> to the commuter rail to Salt Lake. Pretty much. I, yeah, I that, still this feel is, like it would get more ridership. To be honest. <laughs> well. The reason that the A train gets no ridership is not because of the A train. <sighs> I'll just say that. All right, so in 2012, the Orange Line was finally put into full time because previously they'd had it running like, for some reason, like on part of the. Let me pull up a Dart map so I can show you this real quick. Okay, so you see the section that the blue and um, the blue, red, and orange line share, kind of on the. It's in the it's in the document, Kyle. Uh-huh. Kind of where the pin is. Yeah, so it ran from there, from where the blue line branches off to where the green and orange line branch off to supplement because it was really busy in there. Uh-huh. So it was a rush hour-only service. And now it runs all the time. But then they ran it all the time, and they built a whole bunch of stations getting it almost to Fort Worth, but not quite. That is funny how they just the Fort Worth and Dallas both have their own airport train. Could you go from Dallas to Fort Worth on the pair of airport trains instead mm -hmm. of on the straightway. Yeah. Cool. But why would you do that when you have... You could go straight. Transit when it's built to be useful. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, and then in 2014, they finally extended the Orange Line to DFW, which is one of the nation's busiest airports, and also, like, was, I think, the largest airport before then that had no rail service, so... Uh. I really yeah. don't get that when we build brand new, build or rebuild or upgrade airports, we put these like massive direct highway access complexes. Like you've seen ours, it has its own like giant freeway spaghetti. But why is it a design requirement building a rail connection? You know, it's a weird thing. What? So Dallas doesn't have one airport. Dallas has multiple airports, right? Oh. The other one is Dallas Love Field. I would like you to look that up on Google Maps real okay, quick. This okay. is for the audience as well, and Alex. I like this audience participation yeah, thing. Look up Dallas Love Field, L-O-V-E. D-A-L. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so they have a second airport. Out. Oh, that's actually pretty close in. Yeah, but uh, why don't you turn on the transit map layer real quick? Turning on the transit layer. Yeah. You'll notice so oh, the train. that the orange line goes by it without actually going to it. And oh the green line. Oh my god. It just kind of stops over <laughs> on the side. But see, but you can't get into the airport from there. Like you can't get on an internal airport shuttle. No, you can't. It's not even on airport property. What the hell? Yeah, so instead of just building like, I don't know, two inches of subway to serve this airport, it just goes <laughs> by it. <laughs> Which is quite funny to me. Yeah, that's pretty... That's yeah, because what are the what are the stops? There's one south of the airport. There's one vaguely next to the airport, and there's one north. Yeah, they could have literally I'm sure just you done can a get bit a of bus from the train to the airport. I mean, yeah, but that really lowers the value of this connection. Mm-hmm. I think they have a dedicated shuttle as well. That's nice. Oh at yeah, least. It, it shows up on the the Apple Maps. It has like a special kind of blue line. Oh yeah, it's the, the five. Oh, it's the shuttle, the five Love Field shuttle. Yeah. yeah. So they've named this random station Inwood Love Field Station. You have to get a shuttle. But anyway, at least the other one has a direct rail connection. Two of them. 
Yeah, two actually, which is pretty remarkable. <laughs> which is actually pretty cool. Soon to be three. Where's the third one going? The silver one, which we'll talk about. The MBTA silver no, line. Yeah, this is just a ripoff. <laughs> um, Mentioned. So in 2015, the Dallas Streetcar's initial operating segment opened, running from a stop near Union Station, which is served by the Red Line, Blue Line, and the Texas Railway Express, to the southwest at Methodist Dallas Medical Center. You might be noticing that the Methodists show up a lot here. I guess they're important. Hmm. Um, I thought that was 2015, not 2018. Did I say 2018? Yeah. Misinformation. Okay, and then in 2016... In 2016, the blue line was extended south again, and the streetcar was extended to its current terminus, making it now 2.5 miles in length. Whoa. Incremental. They love it. They love their increments. If it works, it works. True. Uh, and then in 2019, Texrail opened, running between Dallas-Fort Worth Airport and downtown Fort Worth. Maybe the only... Yeah, what's the deal with that one? Is that one a light rail, or is it like a... DMU level? commuter rail. Probably mm. actually an appropriate mode choice for once. It's quite fast, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What is the travel time? Like well, a half hour. That seems pretty good. Look at how good. far away it is, yeah. That does the, seem pretty The good. DFW airport north stop is interesting. Yeah, the funny thing is that the, the two different rail services stop at different terminals. Oh. So you have to walk across a pedestrian walkway to get from one to the uh, other. Median airport. It's like a really big pedestrian walkway. Yeah, median airport. <laughs> Fucking checks out. Mm-hmm. Can't yeah. blame them, uh, honestly. Is, is, the, is the DFW Airport North uh, Tex Rail Station, is that just so people can pick up people not in the airport? Because it looks like it's not developed around it at I all. I think it might just be a park and ride station for people who want oh, yeah. to park, drive to the airport but don't want to pay for the airport parking? Oh, probably. Hmm. That's that's smart, actually. We basically have one at 1940 West because you can go from the parking jet to there. Yeah, that is that is a weird station. Hold on. I want to check the travel times on the two different things because I know that the light rail takes really long to get downtown. Checks out. But I it's, think the commuter rail is pretty fast. It's amazing what happens when you use the correct the, 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 the correct mode. So it's like, let's see. Final terminal B. It's like 40, f- it's like 50 minutes on the light rail to downtown Dallas, and it's like 45 minutes, 55 minutes. It's not even It's not fast. The, I'm very disappointed. It's not even showing the, the, the correct line for me. Anyway, the point being, might be the only airport in the country with two separate rail connections to two different cities which is quite interesting um and then in 2022 which is the last thing on my list here they did a huge bus redesign to try and help recover ridership after the pandemic seems to be working that's good um and that gets us the current system minus two things yeah number one the matta trolley and number two, the Las Colinas APT. Where's Las Colinas? So it's an Orange Line station. Look it up. Viewers, you get to audience participation again. Okay, so this is pretty close mm. to the airport on the Orange What you'll line. notice if you zoom in on Google Maps is a secret elevated guideway running through the kind of development around the DART station. This was the Las Colinas APT was. Which is like the Morgantown PRT, but different. <laughs> that's that's a funny way to feed a, uh, a train. Well, it was actually there before the train. 
Really? Uh-huh. It was there since the 80s. So it's a, it's an automated um, people mover sort of deal thing. And... Quirky. Yeah. It doesn't... They It was discontinued in 2021, and it is now permanently out of service, unfortunately. So it can't be quirky hmm. no more? No, but it's still there. So it, fun fact for the day. That's funny. Um, the other one being the Mata Trolley. Why, yes, Dallas does have a second streetcar system, but this one is historic trademark. Whoa. <laughs> um, if I had a nickel for every major American city that has two completely unconnected modern streetcar systems, I'd have two nickels, but it's weird that it happened twice. Parentheses, <laughs> Seattle, close parentheses. Alex, you've been on one of those, haven't you? Yeah, I, I don't remember which one, but it was it was nice. In the 80s, there was a sh- sort of movement to restore Dallas's streetcar system, and the city voted to create the Mc- McKinney Avenue Transit Authority. Um, I don't know how that's going to acronym. Which brought an old um. car barn exactly 30 years after the last Dallas streetcar ran. 2.08 a.m. on January 14th, 1986. Exactly. Exactly. Like, they signed the papers, then it was a big ceremony, apparently. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, operations began in the summer of 1989 and has continued relatively uninterrupted since, with historic cars running every 15 or 20 minutes, seven days a week. That's actually pretty good. This actually turned out to be somewhat of a boon in terms of alignment, since it now connected Dallas's only subway station to downtown via some of its densest neighborhoods, thanks to expansions in 2002 and 2015. Yeah, so the line that they originally started with happened to be kind of in the middle of those two things, and so they built some extensions to connect it up. Cool. I guess the people who were originally laying out the streetcars might have had some clue what they were doing. Concept. (laughs) Makes you think, doesn't it? Yeah. uh, So now that we have these... Let me count them real quick. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine separate rail lines... How did this come out? Pretty decent, actually. Uh, So in 2019, daily ridership was as follows. Dart light rail, about 90,000 daily. What is that per uh, route mile? They got like 93 route miles, 1,000 per route mile. Not terrible. Pretty standard. Not terrible. Um, TRE got about 7,200 daily, which is kind of terrible, but it didn't have great service, so you can't blame them. Yeah. the A-Train got 1,500 daily. Oh, my rail also 1,500, <laughs> but that one's new still. Um, and then the streetcars together got about 3,000, giving us a total rail ridership of about 105,000 daily in Dallas, of all places. Which is not a bad start. No, it's something, right? And then add in about 124,000 for DART bus, 1,700 or 17,000 for Trinity Metro bus, and 10,000 for Denton County buses, and you have roughly 250,000 riders daily, which is not the worst, I think. And I think just beats Houston. Barely. Huh. Barely. Barely. All right. Which is not great given that Houston's an all-bus system. So really, Dallas should be Houston's smashing Houston's not an all-bus system. Houston just has the most effective light rail line in the country. <laughs> uh. So now, to put this in context, our frequent guests of the podcast, Portland, uh, which is a metro area about a quarter of the size, had about 350,000 daily riders on transit at that point with a much shorter light railway network. 
So they're trying, but it's it's still not like serious transit. They're not building master plan metros. This is still kind of a poverty and captive rider system. Transit so we can be hashtag like other cities. Correct. I, I do appreciate but. the size comparison because I have a really tough time just looking at the map and knowing how big it is. Well, that's the number so. of people. Here, let me let million. me actually have a good idea here. Yeah. So I took that picture at a certain level of zoom, right? So I'm going to go to Portland with that same level of zoom and take a picture to show you, first of all, how compact of a metro area Portland is because it really is. And secondly, this is going to take me a minute, sorry. That's a fun sound. I know. Where's the damn ocean? <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Average pilot. Okay. No, yeah, I'm joining you at home doing that. Oh, yeah. It, it is. Yeah, it's uh, significantly bigger. Yeah, so this is at the same level of Zoom. I don't have Dallas, like, entire metro area in the picture, and Portland just kind of fits neatly, like, inside the beltway of Dallas. <laughs> so... <laughs> the sprawl, the sprawl, the sprawl. Indeed. Like land, more like So, no. yeah, this leads to the question, what are the problems with Metroplex Transit? Number one, DART is too slow. Oh my goodness, yes. Especially for such a big, low-density area. You and a can't, long system, yeah. Yeah, you can't get away with slow. Slow only you can pull off in dense areas, even if it's still not great. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. Uh, Dark caps out at 55. Bro, why? And also the entire system, if you want to make a regional trip on Dart, you have to go through the street running section of downtown. Uh, uh, so really they should rip off the upcoming Max Tunnel. Huh. You're going to get to something we're going to talk about in a minute. Whoa. Um, they should also buy new rolling stock and upgrade to 65 speeds just for the heck of it. Or they should have used real trains that can do 79. Probably. Uh, frequencies are not good. 15 minutes is the minimum, and DART only does that during rush hours. That's not good. On the light rail. That's not good. And frequencies mm. on all the commuter rails are like... You can count 30 the minutes, maybe, if you're lucky. Uh, that's you can count the trains, geez. yeah. And then buses. Uh, I'll take a look at all the system maps that I just put in here. They're all linked. Um, not good. <laughs> it is... Is that first link the bus map? They're all the bus. They're different bus maps because there's okay. three transit authorities. Okay, well the the first one. Um, That's for Fort Worth. Yeah, the Fort Worth one is not good. <laughs> not large. The Dallas one's a lot better downtown, but once you get out into the suburbs, it just goes to nonsense. Because why would we get people to destinations who live in the suburbs? Right. Obviously, they must drive car everywhere. And then you pod. can also see from this map that, like, there are just a lot of places in Dallas that are not served by transit. Like, in the metro area, just not, like, even right. close. Like, tens of miles away. Uncool. 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 So... Going to the future, uh, there's the Silver Line, which is really good. The MBTA Silver Line, yes, which is make really the joke good. again, yeah, ha ha. Thanks. Uh, it's a circumferential regional rail line in my American city, question Whoa. mark. Oh my gosh. Uh, it connects <laughs> the red, orange, and green lines in Dallas's northern suburbs, as well as providing a transfer to Texrail at Dallas-Fort Worth. 
Eventually, the A train will also be extended to meet it, hopefully, because it's currently one station north of where the Silver Line meets the Green Line. Dang. Which is really going to decrease the utility of that transfer. But anyway, um, it might be the best transit line under construction in, like, the south at the moment, which is saying something. That is pretty cool. Um, yeah, and it will run DMU's uh, Stadler Flirt DMU's built in uh, Salt Lake City. Of course, they were built awesome. here. Why can't we use the trains were built here? I mean, go to that <laughs> manufacturing. Like, all this Buy America stuff is panning out. Dallas was, Sadler. yeah. But uh, D2. I want the train. Try, God, I'm trying to get us out of here. Huh? Um, oh, yeah. D2 subway. So Dallas was supposed to build a subway through downtown, as you said, ripping off the Max Tunnel. Uh, it was going to provide a high-capacity, high-speed second route through downtown with a two-mile subway. It has been scrapped since Star Ridership went into the toilet after COVID, but I'm going to make the case that they need to do it anyway. Well, maybe because they, they could provide Kay. good service and attract ridership. Yeah, something like that. Uh, <laughs> also, there are plans to make the streetcar not useless. Crazy. Uh, by linking up the two streetcar lines with a new surface level line through downtown. Actual appropriate use of street running. Yes. So, audience and podcast hosts, how can we fix start? Um... Um, Number one, you need to, regardless of whether it's a subway, build a second route through downtown so that you can increase frequency to tolerable levels. True. Because, you know, currently they are limited to 15 minutes on each line because of that downtown street running because section. Because all the trains go in the same spot. Correct. Crazy. So you got to do that because if you're going to have a region-spanning fake metro system, it needs to have good frequencies. True. Number two, you need to be can Canadian. You need to run just a shit ton of buses everywhere to feed your light rail system. This is especially important in big, sprawly metro areas where right. you're not going to get people who just walk to the train station all the time. Right. And especially in those northern suburbs, you just need to be feeding the red and orange lines. And yeah, yeah, not the cost snake, but the same thing. Yeah, well, I didn't do it, so it's not the same sound, but... And then... Um, well, uh, yeah, there we go. So also... You need to, you know, double down on this whole commuter rail thing that you're doing because that's good. You should keep doing that. Just make the Fort Worth Airport connector train faster. Uh-huh, and more frequent. So, yeah. Do those things, and DART will be easily... Like, the thing I keep saying about DART to people when I talk about it is if Dallas figures out buses, they're going to be really glad they built DART in, like, 30 years because yeah. it is just extraordinary to have such a long system in a place that has historically not been supportive of transit. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. anyway, that's the podcast. Anybody have any further comments? Uh, I'll just say all of those solutions can pretty much be extrapolated to almost all <laughs> transit providers in this country. To all American transit, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Including ones that we mentioned positively in this episode, like Portland, who yep. still is bad at feeding their rail lines with buses. <sighs> oh, Canada. Truly God's country. You know, Otto Van Bismarck once said, God has a special love for fools, drunkards, and the United States of America. And <laughs> not regarding transit, apparently. Nope. Canada's doing it better. Yeah, Canada. So, please remember to like, comment, and subscribe if you're listening on YouTube, and to follow and leave us a rating on iTunes and Spotify. If you like what we do here, please remember, please consider becoming a p member on Patreon. Patrons receive exclusive content, early access to our regular content, as well as occasional merch drops. Speaking of patrons, 
We have at Dallas to Fort Worth commuter mm-hmm. rail tier. What's that one called? The D2 subway tier. We have Zach Adams. At Undeterminate Second Downtown Link, we have Generic GT. At Trinity Railway Express, we have Curtis Herring, Devin Zander, McKay Ransom, Mike Christensen, Phobos 2390, and Tony Stunts. At um, Red Line of Insert Current City tier, we have Alex. (laughs) Yep. At Red Line, we have Brian Smith, Christopher Whaley, DJ Hywell. Yeah. (laughs) Elijah Kensler, G4. Jacob Whitecotton, Jesse Mayo, Reluctant LA Resident, and Robert P. Walsh. At Blue Line of Insert Current, current City as well tier, we have Alex Dykowski, Alice M- MYOB, Ben Busath, Bradley Bondi, Ethan McDonald, Evelyn, Gonzo 12, Jack McCoskey, Martin Hecker Martinez, Matt Gray, Oliver, Seth, Sky Lakowski, and Zach Verstock. At Dallas Green Line tier, we have Andrea Levine, Benjamin Wood, John Heron Gorman, Joshua S. Horvath, and Kapil. Thanks for listening. Thank you. And now we dart away. Ha 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 ha. Thanks.